Hey, it's Angel, your friendly neighborhood doula. I'm so excited to have you here on the Birth Cafe podcast, where I'll talk about all things birth, postpartum, and pregnancy. As a certified doula, lactation counselor, and perinatal educator, I'm here to provide you with evidence-based information on interesting topics while also having fun and open conversations about the perinatal period. This podcast is for parents and birth professionals alike, and I hope that you enjoy what you hear. So grab your favorite cup of tea or coffee, sit down, get comfy, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Birth Cafe podcast. I'm really excited to have you guys all here. And today, what we're going to talk about are four things that I would change about my births. So I have five children, and I've had different birth experiences with all of them. My first daughter was a vaginal delivery. I did have an epidural with her. My second and third uh, babies were C-sections. My fourth was a vaginal birth after two C-sections, and she was an induction. And finally, my fifth baby, she was a second vaginal birth after two C-sections, and she was an unmedicated birth. So I definitely have had all kinds of experiences with childbirth, uh, using medication, interventions, epidurals, all that kind of stuff. It's It was very different with each and every baby. But looking back and knowing what I know now, there are definitely things that I think about and I'm like, well, if I could go back, here's what I would change. So... Today, we're going to take a trip down memory lane, and I'm going to talk about some things that I would change in each birth. So the first thing that I would change for my first birth, which is Elena, is that I would take a childbirth class. And that would have changed a lot that would have happened in my birth. And maybe it still would have had the same outcome. But the reason why I would have taken a childbirth class for her birth was because I had certain expectations of what I wanted it to look like. But the hospital wasn't really set up to have the birth that I was wanting. So with her, I wanted a vaginal birth, unmedicated, no epidural. And when I got there, I realized that they were going to hook me up to the monitor and I couldn't really go anywhere with the monitor. My expectation was that I'd be able to move around and labor as I would need to, but that's not what happened. And I feel as if I had had a childbirth class, I would know more of my options in terms of what I could do for my birth to get to where I wanted to go. So I wanted a natural birth. I would have been more informed about those choices because 
if you've had a baby before, you may have expected the nurses or the doctors or the midwife to basically educate you on all your options, everything that you can do. And you kind of go with whatever they say, because if they're saying this, that means that there really is no other option. And so looking back, what I would change is that I would have taken that childbirth class so that I would know what my options were and I would have been informed more about what I could do to have that natural unmedicated birth. Now, moving on to my second and third, I'm gonna combine these two because the situations were pretty similar. So if you don't know me already, I will give you a little bit of background of my own history with my pregnancies. And I was a single mom for all of my kids, one through four single mom, didn't have family support, uh, did not have the support of my children's father, although with my first one, dad was there for the birth, but second, third, and fourth, I didn't have any family support or the support of my kid's father. So this might be obvious to you if you're kind of listening to what I'm saying, but I would definitely have hired a doula. And one of those reasons is because I didn't have any support. I didn't have anyone to really help me during these births or support me. And I'm a very extroverted person, so I love having people around. So I know being a single mom, being very isolated from family, it would have done me very well to have someone to support me through that pregnancy or both pregnancies. Something else that was very different about those two births is that I had what is called a placenta previa. And if you don't know what a placenta previa is, it's basically when the placenta is covering all or, or part of the cervix. So it makes it really difficult for the baby to come out because the placenta is blocking. And there's also a high risk of hemorrhaging or bleeding out due to the placenta previa. So I had partial placenta previas, which means that uh, only part of the cervix was covered. And I also had the uh, possibility that the placenta would move. So that possibility was there as my pregnancy continued. However, there also is a possibility of having a C-section if your placenta doesn't move. And as you guys already know, I had a vaginal birth with my first one, so I had really no idea what to expect from a C-section. And during that time, a lot of my friends were not pregnant. Uh, they didn't have kids. Actually, most of my friends now are just now having their first uh, kid or still planning on having their kids later. So I didn't really have a lot of people to know what their births were like or what happened and things like that. So having a doula in that situation, I would have been able to know what know what to expect from the C-section. I also would have had the knowledge of how I could make that C-section a more family-centered experience because both of those C-sections were very, very traumatic for me. They're very difficult births 
especially with the lack of support that I had in those pregnancies, but also just especially with my son, the emergent need that I needed uh, to have with that C-section. So if I would have had a doula, I would have had that support. My doula would have also prompted for questions from the provider. So the doula would, in the instance of my children, would have prompted me to ask questions to make sure that I knew all of my options. Again, so we're talking about options and being informed because that is su super important. They she would have prompted me to ask questions to make sure that I understood what, what was going on, why it needed to happen. They gave me a general idea of why I needed to have the C-section with my first one. Obviously, I was having a little bit of bleeding. I, they were seeing some contractions in my, um, when they were monitoring me, but it wasn't anything major. And to this day, I really am like, why did I really need that C-section? I don't know what went wrong. <laughs> for them to give me the C-section. I just know it went from, hey, we might give you a C-section if you continue to bleed and your labor starts. Well, I didn't continue to bleed and my labor didn't start. So I don't know why they wanted me to have a C-section. And if I had a doula, they would have prompted those kind of questions. So third and fourth baby definitely would have hired a doula. Um, to have a plan in case, in that case that I did have that C-section and to just have that support and to also know what my options were. Because even taking a childbirth class, which I definitely agree is important, you're not going to remember everything from the childbirth class. And sometimes it's really good to have a doula who already has that training and does this for a living to be able to kind of remind you of what your patient rights are. All right, so moving on to my fourth baby. With this birth, she was a vaginal birth after two C-sections. And this birth went relatively well. However, what I would change about this birth is I would have had the right support team. Again, single mom in the situation, I had a doula for this one, um, for this birth, and she was a newer doula, and this is not at all to bash newer doulas. Newer doulas are amazing, and she was a, she was a good doula. However, she wasn't really the right doula for what I needed in that, in the moments that I needed it. And it didn't just end there, but it was also the support staff, so the nurses and the doctor, that just wasn't right for me because they weren't listening. And during that birth, the nurses were actually really, really rude to me. I was in a lot of pain because they were inducing me and they were using Pitocin and my contractions were coming very strong and very fast. And so I was in a lot, a lot of pain. So I had told them like, hey, I want you to turn the Pitocin off. Like, I, I can't deal with this. This is too much. They're too close together. It's too strong. I want you to turn it off. And they told me no. No, we can't do that. 
your contractions might start. At this point, I wanted my contractions to stop <laughs> because I was in so much pain. I remember literally feeling like I wanted to crawl out of my body because it was so painful. In this instance, they violated patient rights by telling me no because they told me why they thought it was a bad idea. They told me what the risk was of stopping the Pitocin, which is that my contractions would stop. I understood and I still wanted it to be turned off. So they should have complied with that, but they didn't. They said, well, we could turn it down. But at that point I was just like, this is too much. Just give me an epidural. <laughs> It's too much. You guys aren't listening to me. They started making fun of me. They're just like, why are you saying that? Like, why do you keep repeating yourself? You really need to be still. Stop moving so much. They're just very rude. And I really feel like at this point, my doula probably should have stepped in and said, this is what she said. Why aren't you listening to her? So definitely in that situation, I would have needed a better support team or had people in my support team who knew how to advocate for me for what I wanted. Uh, also, the doctor that I had was continuously trying to make me have an epidural when I didn't want one. And she gave me the reasons why she thought it was a good idea. I said, okay, I understand, but I don't want an epidural right now. And if I want one, I'll let you know. But then she left, came right back, and said the same thing over and again. Over again, and that is kind of what we would call coercion. Coercion, yes, they're trying to get you to do what they want by repeatedly asking and repeatedly telling you the risk and why they feel like it's a good idea, even though you told them no. And when they're trying to kind of make you do something, that is a violation of patient rights. If you understand the risk again, and you understand why they want to do that procedure and you don't agree with it, if you say no, that's called informed refusal. They should listen. So that's what I would change. I would have gotten a different support team <laughs> in that instance. Now, I have something a little controversial to say. And here on the birth uh, cafe, we are not going to shy away from some of the controversial topics. And in saying that, I, if you don't know me or have never seen my face, I am a black woman. And what I hear a lot from other black women and other women of color is that a lot of times they want someone else who looks like them, who is of color or who uh, is black, okay? Now, <laughs> I had one black nurse with my delivery with Bella, so she was my VBAC baby, and I had one white nurse, and the doctor was black. Now, if you want someone who is black or a person of color, that's great, but in my personal opinion, I really feel like it doesn't matter when it comes to the hospital. And here's why. The doctors, the OBs, the nurses, um, their training 
is to prevent the worst thing from happening. It's not in an environment that really supports patient-centered care as far as birth. It's actually a huge problem in the birth world that patient-centered care isn't always something that is done in the birth community or the hospital birth community. And it's there's not really an environment in the hospital that supports that. They're all, they all have the same education, um, they have the same training in the hospital. And so it really will come down to the philosophies that your providers and your nurse has. Does your provider view your birth as an emergency? That something could potentially go wrong at any point and they have to do everything possible to control that situation, control the possibility of something going wrong? Or do they view birth as something that doesn't need a lot of interventions, that they believe in the physiological birth or the, the fact that birth can happen naturally and most of the time with little to no interventions. And unfortunately, a lot of providers, OBs and nursing staff are trained and educated to view birth as a medical event, that something bad could happen and they need to control it. And that, whether that person is black or white or Hispanic or Asian, when they're trained that way, they're all gonna have a lot of those same ideals unless they kind of go out of the system to get their education, which is very true of like midwifery. Midwifery usually has a different view of birth and even more so for professional or licensed midwives. So people who go outside, you know, the nursing and the hospital system. So it's really important that if you do want to have a person of color at your birth, that they have the same ideals and values and will support and advocate for what you want. But if the only person in that hospital that's going to support your birth in the way that you want to is not of color, then it still would be a good idea, in my personal opinion, to go with whoever's gonna support you in your birth, regardless of their skin color. So that's just my little two cents. You guys don't have to listen to that at all or agree, that's okay. <laughs> so the next thing that I wanted to talk about is my fifth baby. And she actually was a pretty, pretty good birth. She was an unmedicated birth. I had her very quickly uh, in a hour and a half. That's how long from the time that they broke my water to the time that I had her. It was an hour and a half total. So I had the unmedicated birth that I wanted, right? With pretty much minimal intervention, they did break my water. I was a week overdue with her. Um, but I will say that probably the reason why I decided that let, to let them break my water and the it goes into what I would change. So what I would change in this birth would be, I would say off of Facebook mom groups. <laughs> and you're probably like, really? Why? Like, it's a great community, right? And ideally, they can be a really good community to have. However, 
if these mom groups aren't led by specialists or people who have the same philosophy as you, a lot of information can be scary or there's a lot of misinformation. And scary information isn't necessarily wrong information, but fear definitely works a lot better than any other kind of tactic, right? When we're talking about getting people to go a certain route or make certain decisions, fear is is definitely gonna be something that you're gonna remember about what someone told you if you felt that fear. So they actually thought my daughter was IUGR, which is intrauterine growth restricted. And they wanted to induce me at 37 weeks. And I'm like, yeah, no way. <laughs> and one of the reasons why I said no way was because it just didn't feel right for me and for my baby. And I also knew that ultrasounds do carry a large margin of error. And I didn't know this at the time, but I found out this information later, but IUGR also has a large false positive rate as well. So I decided that I didn't want to have her induced at 37 weeks. I wanted to carry her to term. And I really wanted to know a little bit more about IUGR. So I did a lot of research. I did find a Facebook group that was an IUGR Facebook group. And they talked a lot about how, you know, some of their babies were IUGR. However, no one in that group had actually gone down the route of opting out of an induction or C-section. Every woman in there decided to do the induction and decided to do a C-section. So I didn't really have any support for what I wanted to do for my baby. They're just like, you should do it. You need to do it because your baby could die. It's just like, well, hold on there. I've done biophysical profiles, which she has passed with flying colors and she's moving really well. We have this ultrasound uh, that was done in my third trimester. Again, has a large margin of error and this doesn't feel right to me. And there was no one that I could find in that group who had had a similar experience to me. All I had was, you need to do this because your baby could die. So that is kind of the reason why I would kind of stay away from Facebook groups. I see it a lot in Facebook groups where moms have the best interest for whoever's commenting in the group, but a lot of the information that's given is either based off of fear or it's based off of misinformation. And therefore, I definitely would not in the future do a lot of my research in a Facebook group unless I specifically need resources. You can find a lot of good resources in Facebook groups and I will agreed to that. And I think Facebook groups do have their positives, 
one of the ways that I actually got my VBAC for my daughter, um, Bella, was actually in a Facebook group. But in that instance, I just asked for like resources so that I could do more research into having a VBAC in that instance. And someone gave me a name of a doctor who supports VBAC. So having Facebook groups are great to find different resources so that you can determine on your own what you feel is best for you and your baby. But having people try to kind, kind of tell you like you need to do this because of fear, not really a good idea. So those are the things that I would change in my past births. I would take a childbirth class and I actually would suggest taking a private out of hospital childbirth class and not actually a childbirth class in the hospital, which I can do a whole nother podcast on and I'll make a note and say, yes, let's make a podcast on out of hospital births versus private childbirth class or out of hospital childbirth classes versus private childbirth classes. So I would have a childbirth class. I would hire a doula and you're probably thinking like you're a doula, of course you would say that. And here's something else that's kind of controversial. I don't think that a doula is for everyone. I think having a doula is nice. And I do believe that a doula would be nice to have for everyone, but I don't believe that everyone needs a doula because for some people, for what they want for their birth, a doula is not the best option for them. And I guess a great example of that would be someone who really does trust their doctor, really does want to go with whatever their doctor says, they're okay with whatever suggestions they have, and that's what they want to do. For that kind of person, a doula really wouldn't be the best one for them. And if that's the kind of birth that you want to have, that's fine. That's the type of birth you want to have, and no one should try to make you feel guilty or shame you for wanting to have that kind of birth. So I definitely do believe though, that if you are planning on going against the grain in the hospital, you don't want to have interventions or routine interventions that they have in the hospital, or if you're having a home birth, that having a doula would be a great idea. Or if you're in a situation like mine, where you don't have a lot of support and you don't want to go through your birth with very little support, or you wanna know what your options are and how to navigate the hospital system or how to have a great home birth or ideas to have a great home birth, a doula is perfect for you. Again, my opinion, you can agree or disagree um, or take whatever you feel was helpful out of that. So the next thing, again, having the correct support system, whether that's a doctor or the nursing staff, you can always request to have a different doctor and nurse. I did make a note that if you are looking for a person of color, that's great and that's fine, but, and however, they need to be able to support what you want for your birth. Uh, I did mention that I had a black nurse and a white nurse that was very rude to me, but then I had another black nurse come in who was absolutely phenomenal. And then I had a black doctor who was 
very pushy on the things that I didn't want to do. Um, and then for Kyla, I had a white, white doctor who was very supportive of me giving birth, even though none of the staff were there. And then I had a very rude black nurse who was like, you did that on purpose. Like, wow, how could you do that on purpose? We didn't actually do it on purpose. <laughs> we called them to tell them that the baby was coming. So obviously we didn't do it on purpose. However, she was not very nice. So to me personally, I just want someone who's going to support me and support my choices and advocate for that regardless of their skin color. And that's just me personally. If you want a black nurse or you want someone who's of the same race as you or same culture or same religion, that's awesome. Just make sure that whoever's going to support you, it's going to actually support you. Finally, <laughs> Facebook groups, they can be helpful. However, there's a lot of mis misinformation and fear-based information that goes on into the Facebook groups. They're great for finding resources. However, they have their downsides. So definitely be careful with the Facebook groups. And if you do have questions, always you know ask your provider. If you have a doula, bring up these questions to your doula so that she can maybe help navigate those questions with you and find resources for you as well. You can also ask your childbirth educator. So if you're taking a childbirth class, your childbirth educator will probably also know some great resources as well. So in saying that, I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you rated five stars. You guys can check out some of the resources that I have in my show notes and I will talk to you guys all later. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as I enjoyed making it. Our journey doesn't need to end here. To find out more information about all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, head to my website, www.fruitofthewombbirth.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to hit that bell button to get alerts on any new episodes. And if you really like what you're hearing, give this podcast a five-star rating. Can't wait to see you in the next episode.